like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hey, producer Jeff here. We're continuing Heather's conversation about toddlers from last week. We're going to pick up the conversation right where we left off. I think they were talking about markers and kids, toddlers putting things in their mouths and having the yuck bucket so the stuff can get cleaned off and those kind of things. So here's the rest of the conversation. As soon as you mentioned markers, I thought, you know, the other, the other concern that people have is that everything goes in their mouth. Yep. Um, and that's another conversation I've had recently with someone about uh, talking about a toddler room because they wanted to know how to teach children, how to teach toddlers not to put things in their mouth. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're kind of looking at it backwards. We, we know that they put things in their mouth and that's how they learn. So mm-hmm. then our role in the dance is to make sure that everything in our room is safe if it does go in the mouth and that we have a plan to clean it after it's right. been in the mouth and we right. don't freak out in the middle. <laughs> right, right. Usually, you know, we always had our, our yuck bucket mm-hmm. and the yuck bucket had like a little like yuck, like face kind of thing. (laughs) And, you know, if they mouth something, I, we would let them experience that and just be like, okay, you can go throw it in the bucket. And then, you know, that's kind of fun too. Yeah. Right. That's part of it. You know, and I mean, if, if we know that that's the way that they're exploring and we know that that's the way that they're learning about, you know, what this object is and how this object moves in space. And we don't, when we take those things out of their mouth, we're just interrupting that learning process. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like if I'm sitting in a training and I've got a pen in my mouth, you know, and I'm, you know, chewing on it and I'm really listening to somebody and somebody walks up to me and takes that pen out of my mouth without saying anything. That's one disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah, It's disrespectful. And two, it interrupted my thought process. (laughs) Yeah. So, and, and again, it's just that whole analogy of, would we ever do that to an adult? Mm -hmm. No. So then why is it okay that we do it to young children? And Laura, if you keep putting that pen in your mouth, you're not going to be able to take notes anymore. You know, (laughs) that's right. That's right. They took away my thing. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember I'm going to switch gears for just a second. Um, when I was first working with two-year-olds, which was one of my first age groups, I was like with three-year-olds for like 
six months. And then I, my first real full-time job in a childcare center was with two-year-olds. And I remember thinking, all we do all day long is feed them and clean them and change them and feed them and clean them and change them. And I was like, when do I get to the teaching? And, and I've heard that from people since then too. Um, and it, it resonates because I remember being that way. So can we talk about how those routine times can be really valuable times and reframing that? I would say the teaching, yeah, the, the teaching is every moment of every day. The teaching is the eye contact that you have with that child from across the room when you say, I think it's time to change your diaper. Are you ready? <laughs> and they look at you and they go, no. And they point to their friend. That's a teachable moment. You can say it, it without using the words, with only... Um, um, body language and eye contact, you can say, okay, I understand what you're telling me and I respect your decision and I'm going to give you two more minutes and then we're going to change your mm -hmm. diaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think just the way, the way we talk to them during those routine times, the eye contact is huge. Um, just keeping in mind that we can choose to be respectful or not respectful and think about what children learn from each of those what they might learn about themselves and our relationship if I'm disrespectful during that time, as opposed to what they could learn about relationships if I'm respectful during those routine times. Uh, I, you know, and I think huge. with diapering too, is viewing it as something you're doing with a child, not to a child. Mm -hmm. So that, that really is sort of this, this, this partnership and that there is so many concepts that, that, you know, we can look at through a diapering procedure, like, um, okay, what's the word I'm looking for? So there's some predictability there. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, you know, this is, you know, we always do this first, we do this second, we do this third, so that there's some predictability uh -huh. in that routine. Uh -huh. um, you could be talking to the child about what color clothing they have on that day or the color pants they have on, um, you know, looking in the mirror, counting, you know, counting fingers, counting toes. I mean, there's so many ways that you can extend this opportunity where you're not just diapering a child, yeah. you are really having this experience with them. And I've heard people describing that process, but their their goal in that process is to distract the child and get them through the diaper quick change quickly. Yeah. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking no. about being with them and going slowly, mm -hmm. sure right. that, um, that it's not a dehumanizing experience for the one right. on the table right. with their butt in the air. Right. I mean, it's such a vulnerable position that you have that child in. And I mean, when you really stop and think about that, I mean, you know, they're in an open environment. Other children can see them. Other adults, if they walk in the room, can see them. I mean, really, when I think about it, it almost just kind of make, I mean, it, I have like a real visceral mm -hmm. reaction when I think yeah. about that because it is, it's, they're so vulnerable. Yeah. So let's make this experience as loving and respectful as we possibly can. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're all, we're three grown up women. I assume that we've all three had a pap smear at some point in our life. Yeah. And yeah. think about the position that we're in and how yes. that would feel if that was just a public <laughs> forum with everybody commenting. I know. <laughs> repeatedly throughout the day. Right. And then that even making comments about like, oh, that poop is gross. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> You know, so like then on, so on top of being in a vulnerable posi position, we're also telling you what you just did was gross. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, or just, 
if your doctor is pushing on your knees and saying, come on, just <laughs> over with. Yeah. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> all right. That was a weird turn. <laughs> yes, I, I, I think we all agree we had to go there. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Elena, what? Go ahead. I was just going to say, what else do you love about your days with toddlers? Um, I love that everything is brand new to them. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're, when you're looking at teaching, and I was thinking about the quote that you gave us, and it made me think about one of, I call him my little, my little engineer, mm -hmm. um, because he is just on top of scientifically exploring everything you give him. Um, and one day we brought in a pool noodle. And the pool noodle, as um, you might believe it or not, but it was not immediately a sword. It was a vacuum. <laughs> and the vacuum went up in the corners of the room to get all the cobwebs. <laughs> and it went in the window sills, and then it went into a leaf blower. Mm -hmm. um, and so just seeing this one item, which in my mind is a pool noodle. Right, um, with one use. <laughs> probably a half an hour of him exploring every single way to use it and hitting it on every single surface to see what the different noises were and what the different reactions from everyone was. It was just, I mean, it was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was one of those moments where you stand against the counter with your coffee and just observe because he is in control and he's got this. Awesome. And your coffee, of course, is in a safe cup with a tight fitting lid. Did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want anyone worrying about Elena and her coffee with the toddlers. <laughs> um, so that, so I mean, I just that just describes a, such a different adult perspective than I think what a lot of people think of when they think about teaching toddlers, and um, uh, just the fact that they think so much differently because it is brand new for them. And they have to explore it in ways that we wouldn't even think about having to explore because it's so long ago that we had that, you know, that experience. We're so far removed from that, that um, we really do have to just lean up against the counter <laughs> physically or metaphorically <laughs> with our coffee and pay attention to what's going on mm -hmm. so that we know how to respond. And when you really, really pay attention and just stand back and observe, it's, beautiful and amazing the conversations and um just world that com the community that they have created amongst themselves you can see them walk to each one and discuss whatever it is they're discussing <laughs> and then they'll go up to the next one and say well what do you think about this idea and of course none of those words are there but uh -huh. they know exactly what they're talking about uh -huh. mm -hmm. so. They are not random. They yeah. are large and in charge. <laughs> That's right. And I'm, I'm, so I'm thinking now about ways they non-verbally are saying, what do you think about this idea? And it could just be loading a bucket full of blocks and carrying it over to somebody mm -hmm. else or, or banging a block on the floor together or, um, you know, there's just pinching. Raising their eyebrows and smiling. Just, yeah, just making faces at each other. Sometimes it's, you know, the way they, 
touch and interact with each other. And we think it's aggression when it's just exploration. That's yep. a little bit clumsy. They're just trying to figure out, how, you're in my space and I yeah. don't want you there. So I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to make sure that you're not. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. So. Uh, Elena, do you have anything else in your notes that we didn't talk about? Well, actually, Heather, I do. <laughs> <laughs> what should we talk about now? Well, I was, I was thinking, um, and of course, I don't know the exact words, but we've all seen the quote, um, be careful what you teach, because it will interfere with what they're learning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think that's really big in the toddler world. I think that teachers are so accustomed to feeling like they have to work really hard with beautiful lesson plans and lots of activities and prepared materials. And that is not the toddler world because all they need is an idea and a few um, paper Pool towel rolls. rolls oh, paper know? towel rolls, yes. Yeah. They will get it. They'll figure out what they need to do with that. And then that's how you know what you're teaching and what they're learning and how to expand on that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's the questions. Like I, I still am so prone to do this where I'll start just like, what are you doing? What are you making? What color is that? What are you going to do next? You know, like, yeah. Just let me, just let me learn. Stop asking me yeah. questions and just let me learn. That's right. Yep. That's all part of following their lead. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to ask a zillion questions. It's They'll just so you. ingrained in all of us to do it. It really it's is. It's hard I mean, to I'm stop. I'm guilty of it too. You know, yeah. I'm totally guilty of it too. Um, but it's, for some reason, we all just have a really hard time just slowing down and mm -hmm. just letting them be them. Like we feel like we have to constantly be like talking and engage and engage and engage and engage. And yeah. I think, you know, there's, there is a time to just sit back and just mm -hmm. observe yeah. quietly. So, um, oh, Laura, there was something you were talking about earlier that I wanted to come back to. Oh my gosh, it's gone. Oh no. Well, that's great podcast. Um, and I don't remember what it was. All right. It's gone. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sure it was like really insightful and <laughs> to be the best the best story yet but I don't remember what it was now I'm sorry you know I think the other thing too that's really super important is that sometimes you just have to because it's really really hard for people to step outside their comfort zone mm -hmm. and working with toddlers really pushes you I, I think it pushes some people out of outside their comfort zone absolutely and so it's it's really truly okay to just start with very simple things that are easy, that are not messy, and that gives them a nice experience, you know? Paper towel it's tubes. Paint. Yeah. So like it's paint, you want to do it, but it makes you nervous, stick it in a Ziploc baggie, tape it to the table and let them experience it that way. You know, it's, it's not the most eloquent thing and, but they're still going to have a great time doing mm -hmm. it, you know, mm -hmm. and you gave them a valuable experience and it wasn't super messy. So it didn't, it didn't push you too far out of your comfort zone. <laughs> Start small. Mm -hmm. if that's I think that's good feeling. advice. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, well, along with that, I just pose a question. What would happen if your painting did get messy? 
I mean, is, is mm -hmm. the world going to end? <laughs> What's going to happen is you're going to spend mm, from 930 until lunchtime cleaning up. Mm -hmm. But... That's also part of the right. learning experience. It's true. For the, for the adults and the children. I mean, right. no one comes out of that experience the same. The, we all the, have learned something. Class afterward is just as important right. as the paint everywhere. Mm -hmm. Sure. So. Yeah, I learned that. I have a teacher that, I, you know, just because I know the frustration level, and especially if I have a, a new teacher that maybe here comes my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, that if it's going to allow them at least a little bit of freedom without frustration, I'm okay with that. Sure. Yeah, I get, I know, I get what you're saying. And I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, people might hear, oh yes, I'm just going to do messy paint tomorrow and it's going to be great. And then the morning mm -hmm. ends in tears and they never try it again. Right. You right, know, right. so there's that, but like, I, I am, um, and I, you know, I'm with three, four and five year olds now, but they were painting with roller painters one day and um, on big pieces of paper on the table. And I turned over, turned around to the cupboard to get more paper. And when I came back around, they were just painting the tabletops with the roller and it was brown and it was, you know, not beautiful because it was mm -hmm. all the colors mixed together by then, but they were so pleased with themselves and they sang a song that they made up about painting on the table and mm -hmm. that's all they talked about the rest of the day and that's the first that's thing awesome. they talked to their parents about and mm -hmm. I you know I just got a bunch of paper towels and wiped that table down when it was done and gave it a deeper clean later and it wasn't it was very manageable despite yeah. the chaotic appearance of right. it um so so I am getting better at that sort of massive mess cleanup that's awesome <laughs> You know what's really good though for um, it's messy, but it's not messy is the cornstarch and water. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's so easy to clean up. Yeah, and it, it sticks. It, it feels like a mess, but it's like, oh look, just brush it off with a broom and it's gone. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Do you know though? I can't touch that. I can't. There's touch like a squeakiness to it that oh, I can't I it, handle. It makes a weird. But I can put the things down and let everybody else mess with it and play yeah, with it. But oh, I, I can't it. touch it. I love it. pushing it on the table. Oh, <laughs> it's making my skin crawl. It, it makes it gives me chill bumps just thinking about cornstarch. I can't. I can't. It's like that. And it's also that like liquid borax stuff. Well, oh God. So I we know Elena's bringing cornstarch to the next hotel party at the conference. Now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's going to make us play with it. I you wonder how much cornstarch it would take to fill the bathtub. Oh, my God. A lot. <laughs> it would take a lot. <laughs> well, you try that and then report back. I will. We'll have pictures. I will document and I will add foundations. Would you make a nice documentation panel about filling your bathtub with cornstarch? I will. <laughs> this feels like a good place to end the podcast. <laughs> Uh, this was really great. I think, I think people are going to like this. Um, I'm so glad that you both were able to share your stories and your enthusiasm. And Elena, it's so rare for me to hear someone talk about working with toddlers as beautiful. <laughs> and, um, and, and I am grateful that you told those stories. So um, you guys have any last thoughts before we're done? Um, I would say just look at them as who they are they mm -hmm. are just on the verge of making a whole lot of um decisions and explorations and realizations and that's an amazing thing 
Mm -hmm. And that reminds me, it was, I was going to circle back to what Laura said about getting ready for a syndrome, but we don't have time to get into it now, but I just wanted on the record that I eventually remembered what I was going to ask about. Good job. What I could. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> well, I'll leave that on the list for the next podcast. Laura, did you have anything? Yeah. Did you have anything, Laura? No, no. Okay. I, um, I, you know, I think about uh, a quote from uh, J. Ron Lally, who just passed away not too long ago. So sad. One of my early childhood, he, he really is my infant toddler, early childhood hero. Mm -hmm. And he, and one of their quotes that came out of PITC was, you know, infant and toddler care is not school and it's not babysitting. It's really a special kind of care that resembles no other. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really important to remember that, that with toddlers, it really still very much is about that relationship. And it's really about that routine care and then embedding all that wonderful knowledge and learning within all of those things. Yes. So. This makes me miss working with toddlers. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> Thank you to both. And thanks everybody for listening. I hope you'll come back again for another episode. Goodbye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.